As we all know, cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, and prescription drugs is way out of control. Perpetrated and pushed by the governments of this world, pharmaceutical companies, and doctors. And it takes the lives of millions of people every year all over the world. And I'm wondering, what's out there for family survivors? How do they heal the deep scars of family members' addiction? Because after going through an ordeal of drug addiction and death, you better believe the parents and siblings need help. And as we know, our best help and saving grace and rescue comes from God Almighty and Jesus Christ for sure. But he works through many people and organizations to get that job done. And one of them is the Oasis Community Center in Bethlehem, right at the intersection of Route 22 and Center Street. And the leader of this group who put this all together is Rhonda Miller. And she's here with us today. Imagine that. How you doing, Rhonda? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And the board guy's pleasure. He won't tell you that, but I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so right off the bat, how long have you been running the Oasis Community Center, and who is it for? So we opened Oasis Community Center with the support of Northampton County Drug and Alcohol Division. We opened our doors June 28th of 2000. Just come closer to the mic a little bit. 2019. Okay. And we serve, the purpose of starting the organization and the center is to support families and friends of people who have drug issues and like mine, families and friends that lost their loved one. So we provide free supportive services, a whole myriad menu of holistic services. And unfortunately you went through the same thing that I did losing a son and his name? Our son is Ben Miller, and we lost him August 1st of 2016, so on Tuesday it will be seven years. Okay, and we'll definitely be talking about your son and, and the whole sphere around what happened. How long, how long did that go on, the, the drug problem? So, of course, it, it is hard to actually determine when they start using substances, but we, we feel our journey lasted about eight years yeah. with him. Began as a teenager when he was in high school, struggling with what we believe was social anxiety and some sort of low-level depression that was never diagnosed by the clinicians. And uh, these uh, whole episodes usually do run five to ten years followed by a death unfortunately sometimes mm -hmm. it's not just overnight most of the time uh, and anybody let me encourage anybody who's gone through um, drug addiction with family members and or friends I don't know I, I don't know if I met anybody that it didn't affect uh, anybody that has uh, any comments on this uh, any type of situation that you want to talk about feel free to call uh, Rhonda is the person to talk to and possibly get help and just discuss and vent because venting is very important because you feel like you're going to explode when this stuff happens. Yeah, we opened our center as a result of our personal experience. During Ben's years of addiction, we really had very little support. We didn't know where to turn. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to get him help. We didn't know how to get ourselves help. We were never trained in this. No, there's no manual out there. <laughs> You know, it was just so disjointed, the information that was available. And as a result, we contracted with Northampton County to open the first family recovery center in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And this stigma that's attached to drug addiction, that doesn't help either. Because most parents, most people going through it, want to hide what's going on. And that doesn't help. No, and that's, that's a big reason why families don't get help, is they, first of all don't want to admit and face that there is a serious problem. They don't know where to go, who to talk to. They're afraid of their reputation. They're standing in the community. Um, they don't know that there's confidential resources available to support them. And what's your rep reputation going to mean when your son or daughter could die and could be dead? Yeah, and then of course when that happens, as in our case, and you know, people draw all kinds of conclusions. 
what they think happened in your household. That yeah, I mean, that's always going to happen, but you've got to block out the noise. Yeah. I mean, people that haven't gone through it have no right. idea. Walk a mile in my are. shoes before you talk. So yeah. anybody that wants to give a call, uh, the phone number is 610-720-7900. That's 610-720-7900. Rhonda Miller will be happy to answer any question and address any comment. Now, I dealt with groups who are going through drug addiction and I asked them, why do they take drugs and continue to use them? And they gave me over 15 reasons why they do. And I'd like to address these as I go down the list to you and get your opinion on them. Is that okay? Absolutely. The, the first one they gave is, I take drugs to escape from reality and from my problems. It's the easiest way not to deal with them. Yeah, so it is human nature not wanting to feel pain. So when there's conflicts in life, when there's disappointments, hurts, failures, we tend to want to numb out. And for different people, that's different things. Some people will use exercise. Some people will use holistic ways. Some people will turn to substances to help numb that pain. And the more you try to run away from your problems, the more they catch up on you and, and magnify it worse and worse and worse until you do deal. Yeah, it snowballs. Another reason was depression. You mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. In the Bible, as I said millions of times on this show, it's all about help, saving, and rescuing people. And that includes their, through their depression and emotional problems. Uh, but, but, but what I want to make clear is it's not abnormal to be depressed from time to time. That's part of the human condition. Don't right away take bottles of pills and think you're so weird and strange. No, it's just something that happens and comes and goes, and we have to deal with it one way or another. Yeah, I mean, people experience depression to various degrees. Like you said, some people just experience the blues, a sad event. Other people have a low-lying depression, and other people have bouts of very serious depression. But depression is a form of mental illness, which, again, has a very strong stigma. So people don't want to admit that they're struggling, and I think that... Uh, that happened often with my son. Yeah, and it's nothing to be ashamed about. That's the first thing that parents and people got to understand. You know, there are solutions to any problem. There's no shame with mental health issues, and that is something that people need to be aware of. It's, you know, we need to address and support our mental health as well as our physical and spiritual health. Another reason people start taking drugs and then continue from time to time, uh, they say that it's to avoid toxic relationships, like with parents, family members, boyfriends, and girlfriends. Instead of dealing once again with an issue that might arise, they escape again. Yeah, this again goes back to stressors. You know, when there's stressors in our life, different people develop different coping mechanisms and Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the skills to develop healthy coping mechanisms. They're not taught or they haven't learned. And as a default, they want to, again, numb out. And, and Rhonda, as I opened up, deals with uh, people at the Oasis Community Center. Can you give a phone number or something that they can call to be in contact absolutely, with you? Absolutely. Our business hours are Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the number is 484-767-4725. I have another number here, 484-747-68. Uh, th that's the same one? That's if you could repeat that, please. Okay. Was that the one you gave? Uh, <laughs> it's 484-747-6825. That's correct. That's our business line. And our website is oasisbethlehem.org. And it's a recovery center for survivors of drug-addicted deaths. Uh, hey, you can't, you can't expect this to just go away on its own. You have to deal with this. And sometimes it takes months, years, and even a lifetime. But hopefully, eventually, you can close the door on it. Not to forget your loved one ever. I think of my son Tyler every day. But to move on and go forward. 
Yeah, we never forget. Grief does not go away. You don't get over your loss. We learn to integrate our loss into our lives today. And as you said, we learn to develop a new life, to move forward with new meaning and purpose. And there's always hope. People, people become so hopeless and helpless, and then they sink deeper and deeper. There's always hope. There is hope. And for those of us who are believers, our hope is in God and Christ. And we turn to the scriptures to find that type of hope and with our fellow uh, support in the Christian community. Absolutely. The solution to any problem is in the Bible. This is Don't Bring Up God. My name is Robert. I'm here with a guest today. Her name is Rhonda Miller, and she runs the Oasis Community Center uh, for people who have gone through this drug addiction in one way or another, and especially those who have lost loved ones. You can call them at 484-747-6825. It's in Bethlehem, right on the corner of... What right is at it? the intersection of Route 22 Interchange with Route 512. And you've been here how long? Four years. We oh. opened our doors. We're in a beautiful 220-year-old farmhouse. It's a lovely setting. It's very serene and comforting. And my wife and I went to one of their meetings, and it was very helpful. Very nice. Very friendly. Uh, everybody brings the honesty and the truth, and everybody's concerned for, for, for the other's welfare and helps in any way that they can. It was very nice going over there. Yeah, we're, we, our doors are open. We support any family or friend who experienced a loved one's addiction. We're talking about reasons why people start taking drugs and then continue to use them. I asked a big group of people, and the next one on the list here is domestic violence where there's no way out, especially when you're young, you're trapped, where do you go? When you're exposed to abuse, trauma, molestation, and rape, they say that's a good reason to take drugs and to escape and to deal. Yeah, this, this goes back to the common theme of trying to numb pain uh, caused from various things. They, it is often said, studies have been done, that an underlying condition for people who have used drugs and abused them and become addicted is trauma, especially early childhood trauma. And you can't try to deal with trauma with some artificial means. Yeah. And whether, and whether it's alcohol also, you know, either way. Yeah. And trauma is experienced by different peoples in different ways. So, for example, one member of the family might not be impacted by an event and another family member might be deeply impacted. Another reason is simply that when you take drugs, it feels good. They like the rush. Well, especially with opioids, you know, um, one of the things that my son would say is he felt normal. Oh, he just I've wanted, heard that so many times. He just wanted to feel normal. And I think this points to underlying mental health conditions where there's some sort of imbalance in the brain chemistry and they're trying to regulate I've heard that so many times. I always thought you're taking drugs to get up high and trip or whatever they call it now. But the, the biggest reason is to feel normal. And then to me, that's so sad. It is. And, and people, you know, experience, they experiment with drugs in all, all kinds of reasons. Usually with young people, they're curious. It could be social pressure. They want to fit in with other kids. But with opioids in particular, addiction grabs them within five days of continuous use. And it's no longer a matter of wanting to feel good or get high, as you said. It's a matter of not wanting to get sick. And sometimes, like you said, trying to feel normal. I get the feeling with my son, I don't know about yours, but many that I've talked to, they were very emotional, maybe overly emotional and sensitive. And really didn't know how to defend themselves sometimes and handle situations where people are mocking you or, or pushing you around or just even joking around. You take it personally because you put you wear everything on your sleeve. What you're pointing to is a common theme that I experience with families is they, they have said, many of them, that their, their loved one had a very sensitive nature. Very creative, very loving, and very sensitive. And not to put a generalization over everybody who becomes addicted to drugs, but, you know, when you have that sensitivity, you are prone to, I think, peer pressure and not being able to hold your ground 
and standing up against doing things you shouldn't be doing. And society and kids, especially in grade school and middle school and high school, they can be brutal. Yeah. Ben experienced some forms of bullying at the public school system. Um, there was a lot of gang activity here, right here in suburban Lehigh Valley within the school system. And it was intimidating and threatening. Maybe we should have just taken him out and homeschooled. Yeah, well, we tried to do that. We actually enrolled him in cyber school, but in the end, he decided he wanted to be with his friends. Another reason that people take drugs, they say, is for instant gratification. Uh, normally, you accomplish things and engage in some kind of activity that makes you happy. And at that point, endorphins are released in your brain to make you feel good. Now, some people are skipping the middleman of accomplishment and activity and going straight to the release of these endorphins. Yeah, well, it, you know, if you're talking about opioids specifically, which is the real problem today, the their body actually can no longer produce these naturally. They become so dependent on the substance. So the, the things that they enjoyed before does nothing for them. Loses meaning. That's so brutal. So chemically and biologically, they become addicted. Yeah. Where they need this stuff to feel normal and to even crack a smile. And you made a very important statement. They need. They need. So when you ask people who are addicted to drugs, like, why is it you don't want to stop? Many times their response will be, I need this. Like you and I need air. They are terrified of not having that substance to survive every day. Yeah, and this easy way out type of thing where it starts out feeling good without the accomplishments and activities. It reminds me of a quote in the Bible. It says, do not take pleasure in a moment which brings on poverty redoubled because the consequences of your actions, whether it's drugs or alcohol or pornography or anything, can be incredibly hurtful and, and have devastating consequences. Yeah, I mean... Addiction is a medically diagnosable disease. It is a brain disease, and it's complex. It affects the body, the mind, the spirit. I always thought it was a matter of self-control and discipline. That's a myth. A lot of people think that it's just a matter of just say no, going yeah. back to Nancy Reagan, just say no. It's maybe just say no the first time when you're a kid right. at school and somebody passes you a pill, just say no. But unfortunately, the, the chemicals change their brain. They're not the same. And, no. and that's what I couldn't understand in the beginning. Just have the discipline and the character and wherewithal, you know, to just walk away. And, and, but it's, it's not about that anymore once there's a biological addiction, like you were explaining. I think a lot of people just do not understand addiction. They just think it's just, just stop, just stop. If it was that easy, I think 90% would. Nobody would choose to be an addict. I will tell you that. Nobody would choose the lifestyle and the deprivation that so many experience. And the things they do to get the money to buy the drugs. They become very desperate. Nasty. Very for, the, desperate. for guys and especially the girls that yeah. oftentimes turn to prostitution. Yeah. Whatever it takes. And human trafficking today in today's world. Oh, man. Segue into that. Anyone that has comments and who's lived through this type of thing, feel free to give us a call at 610 Seven two zero seven nine zero zero. Okay. Speak of the devil, as they say. Although I don't like to include the devil in anything, so I'm not going to use that expression. Uh, we got a call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Good morning. This is Paul. What's up? Uh, listen, I just wanted to say I'm so sorry about... Uh, your loss, both Rob and Ron, and so many other people. But God bless you for bringing up the subject. Thank you. You know, yeah, I, you know, this transgender thing. You know, and everybody thinks it's not going to happen to my kids, and then when it's happened, it's too late. But this, uh, this whole transgender is a form of mental health, and I just feel that our schools, society, are reinforcing it and just making it, it worse. You know, it, it's time that parents really need to to focus on what's going on and and step up and stand up for their family. Thank on it. I don't know what it takes, but uh, explain to our kids, each one of them, how look them in the eye and hold them and, and, and just let them know how important they are and how meaningful their lives are both to, both to us and to God. You know, give them something that they can hang their, their future onto. Well, but, as, far as, know, this, got, as far as this transgender stuff goes, 
I've heard stories where people, especially when they're really young, start to go through it with uh, hormones and then cutting things off and adding this and that and the other thing. And then they realize what they've done several years later or even months later, and they can't handle it, and then they can run to drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a big yeah. problem within transgender and um, communities. And exactly. the solution is not drugs and alcohol, no matter the dilemma. Any other questions Amen. for Rhonda at all? No, I, I just want to say thank you so much for bringing this up, and, okay. and, and God bless you. Let's keep you in prayer. All right, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and it's no fun talking about this stuff. You know, I, I, I act like a clown from time to time on my shows. I don't know if you heard them. But uh, this isn't a clowning matter, so it has to be taken seriously. And, and like uh, Paul said, don't think it can't happen to you. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mistake. Yeah, and actually, you know, it really can happen in the best of families. My husband and I have been married uh, 37 years. We raised our, Christ- our children in the Christian faith. They attended Christian school. They, uh, we were Sunday school teachers. They attended youth group. We were active in church and Bible studies. And yet, drugs crept into our world. Addiction doesn't discriminate. No, it can it attack anybody, anytime. We got another call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Larry, how are you, Rob? What's up? Good. Uh, concerning addictions, I hope I'm not going into conspiracy theory, but when Jesus walked the face of the earth, he cast out demons. The most famous one we know is the demoniac of Gadara. Was there opioids back then? No. What drug addiction is all about is demons talking to you and you craving yes the lady is right after you start using it the chemicals do change your biological function but still it is demons speaking to your mind now why is it conspiracy theory because the world follow doctors like Fauci follow the science and science now says all kind of medical terms so that, you know, we get fooled and we don't look into God's word to see that if we allow God, the Holy Spirit, to control us, to, to, to show us the right way, not control, but to lead us the right way. I used to drink alcohol very bad. I used to drink like a bottle a day with my friends. I came to Christ, drop it like a hot potato. One of my friends who worked with the MTA, came to Christ, changed smoker, one cigarette after the other, drop it like a hot potato. And this guy was about 50-something years old when that happened. I was 30 years when I dropped alcohol. Well, there is a so, definite connection between any vice, especially drugs, and Satan, and the temptation, and calling you to, to destroy yourself. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, I mean, there's a spiritual component for sure, but um, we have to also just keep in mind that this is a medical disease. And I am so grateful, sir, that you were able to walk away from alcohol. You've witnessed others. Unfortunately, there are tens of thousands of uh, beautiful people with hearts that love Christ that cannot walk away. They are in chains. This is Don't Bring Up God. Uh, we're here with Rhonda Miller. She runs the Oasis Community Center. If you want to get involved in her organization that will help you and your family deal with somebody who died from drug addiction, simply call 484-747-6825. That's the number for the Oasis Community Center. And if you have comments for today, you want to get on the air and talk to Rhonda, Feel free at 610-720-7900. Hey, this is Don't Bring Up God. We're here every Sunday on WAEB 790 AM from 8 to 9. If you want to listen to the shows on podcast, simply search Don't Bring Up God podcast. There's like a hundred of them, the last hundred that we did. And this one will be put up usually Monday or Tuesday. Okay, we're talking about why people start to use drugs 
in the first place. And one of the reasons that uh, the people that I was talking to a couple months ago in this uh, group, uh, one of the reasons they gave was that if you can't beat them, join them. They say, well, why not? Because everyone else is doing some kind of drugs. It just seems like a natural progression, they said. Uh, you know, after years of saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do it, don't want to do it, they eventually break down and then try it. They think, well, how long can I keep saying no if it's literally all around you? Maybe in your family, in your neighborhood, at school. What do you do with that? Yeah, this goes back to peer pressure, and even adults experience that. Um, there's a common expression within recovery communities, people in rehabs, you've got to change your people, places, and things. So it's a matter of who you associate with. Um, find others that are in healthy uh, hobbies, uh, find sober communities, and associate with them. And another reason they give is boredom. They're just so bored that they try and experiment with these things. And as we know, idleness is the devil's workshop. Yeah. Do something constructive. A lot of a lot of uh, young people that you know go down that path are are bored. They're also curious. They want to find out what other things feel like in life. Can't they be curious about Jesus Christ and what He's all about, who He is, what He said, and what He did, or, or just do something constructive that helps other people get the onus off you? Yeah, it sounds so simple, and, and it's probably something you told your son Tyler many times, as I did my son Ben, trying to give them direction when they're teenagers and they're experimenting. Yeah, where their where their brains are not, not even quite fully where should be, not right. even fully matured. Another reason is that they say, "Well, my older brother or sister taught me to do drugs, and I did what they did." And, you know, and you know, as you know, younger brothers and sisters idolize their older siblings, so that's a danger, also. It sure is, and we have to keep in mind that every person is unique. Some people have a stronger propensity to be pulled into addiction than others. So uh, while they might hang out with siblings, and maybe the siblings are using alcohol or substances, and they can just walk away and live a normal life, not everybody can. There is such a thing as an addictive personality. There is, and there's definitely a genetic connection, and it tends to run in families. Another reason they give is that, you know, it just got into a bad habit, like eating too much or smoking. It's just a habit that they, they light up or snort or inject. I mean, whatever they do, it's just a bad habit. Bad habit that they have this mentality. They think they can walk away at any time. And unfortunately, especially with opioids, it grabs them as well as alcohol. And they never see themselves as having a problem. They, somebody else has the problem. He does so much more than me. I just do this little bit. Yeah, we would hear the comments like that from our son, Ben. You know, there's always somebody worse out there that makes them feel better about what they're doing. Right, but that's another death trap, man. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. Another reason they give is I take marijuana, especially, uh, to treat my illness. If somebody has a really bad illness of some kind, they'll take drugs in their mind to alleviate the pain or the suffering, or, or the burden. But they don't realize these drugs make things worse. Because there's rampant abuse with that medical marijuana. I mean, you got people in their 20, 20s, young 20s. Oh, I got to take it. I, I have this condition. You got no condition. You just want to get high. Yeah, medical marijuana is very, very controversial. I mean, there are cases, medically speaking. That it could help. That it could help, like cancer survivors. the majority... Survivors. Yeah, but, you know, it could be abused, and it's, it's a legal substance, and, and very expensive, I hear. And then some people say uh, those that have uh, an adrenaline junkie personality, they mm -hmm. want to get that adrenaline going, you know, life's so Thrill boring. seekers. Right, exactly. They find the drug-taking exciting. They like the danger. They, they see themselves as a rebel or a bad boy. And they have also, on top of that, this oppositional defiance that the more parents will tell you, don't do it, don't do it. Being a rebel, you got to do it, right? Yeah, rebel without a cause. Yeah, there's something cool about being a rebel, isn't there? And then you become, yeah, but then you become a rebel without a life. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. Well, unfortunately, that's, that's the path that leads down. And, and that's how it's framed, this drug-taking experiment. Oh, what are you, a baby? You're scared? 
Yeah, they want to be cool. I mean, Ben would say that. Like, he wants to hang out with the cool kids, not the straight-edged kids. Another reason they take drugs or start, they say, well, everybody's given up on me. Everybody treats me like a loser. You know, so I, I feel like I'm not good enough. So they take drugs to ignore, ignore those feelings. Yeah, low self-esteem. That's a contributing factor. As well as impulsivity. You talked about the thrill-seeking kind of personality. Impulsiveness. That's another characteristic. Can we agree that drugs and alcohol is no solution to any emotional or physical or mental problem? Can we agree with that? Yeah, if only we could convince young people not to go down that path. of. Now here's a big one. They may start drugs or continue whatever, whatever they do after they experience grief, after they lose a loved one like a parent or a sibling or a grandparent. That's a big one where, where they either reject God a lot of times or they become that much stronger in God. But l dealing with a loved one's loss is difficult. It is true. It is true. I work with families every day. I interact with hundreds of grieving families. And substance use or abuse can impact them as well, even in their grief. You know, just um, uh, it, it, indulging in something that's inappropriate can pull them down that path as well. And when you lose loved ones, you don't understand why, and it's confusing. It, it, you tend to give up more on life in general sometimes. It's like, what's this life all about? It's so meaningless. How could some people blame God for taking so-and-so away from me? And it goes on and on and on. But like myself, that Bible was my rescue. Period. End of story. Without it, I'd probably be dead by now. Yeah, my faith sustained me through my crisis of losing my son, but it definitely, you know, did raise a lot of questions in my mind, and that is common and that is normal, and there is nothing wrong with going through that. A lot of people do experience somewhat of a uh, crisis, if you will, in their faith, just questioning and wondering, and that's part of the experience of grief, is going through oh, yeah, all of absolutely. those stages. But hopefully they sustain and, and have the durability to continue on and see the light. I think most people do find some, you know, spiritual comfort in their spirituality. Okay, we got a call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Uh, is this Pastor Pavlinsky? <laughs> Who's this? Who's com what comedian is this calling me pastor <laughs> when you know that I'm not? Who is this? This is Kip, Kippy Batesman. Who? Kip. Kip! Wow! Kip! I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you, okay, how you doing, Kip? Yeah, Long anyway. time, no talk. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I was listening to your program earlier, you are talking about addictions. Um, I just heard, out of 15 minutes, out of a whole hour or whatever. But um, well, one thing I don't know if you touched on, it's um, a lot of it, it's not just, you know, physical, chemical, body, it's your psychology. Now, if you have a musician... And he's used to playing for 20,000 people, and they're cheering him on, and he gets used to that. Then he wants to go on tour and have 40,000 people cheering him on because he gets used to it. While this addiction, you get used to it. And once you get used to it, if that is removed, then you feel very uncomfortable. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I see, That's kind I, I of my see. definition of addiction. Well, you see, like, these big celebrities, big musicians... You know, they got the world by they got the world by the hairs. They're making millions of dollars, and yet they still get addicted to drugs. Like why? Because they get used to the pleasure. Well, it's a replacement. It's a replacement for that fame that is very fleeting, and that they may have lost. So they're taking this substitute of drugs to replace that fame and adulation to make them yeah, feel good. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what you're saying. Right. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, Go ahead, Rhonda. yeah. I think. And, and, yeah. Yeah, and also I'm saying is you don't have to have the drugs involved in there. Addiction. But it's convenient, and a lot of people do. Go right. ahead, Rhonda. Right. Yeah, so, sir, I think, you know, what I hear you say is that um, people experience loss in life, and it could be the loss of the level of fame they're used to, for, for the example right, that you've, right. you've given. So yeah. loss, yeah. loss, loss. Grief Dealing is with part loss. of loss. Exactly. And unresolved yeah. grief tends to be a strong underlying condition of addictions right uh, another thing I like to br bring out you know I'm addicted to a lot of things I'm addicted to buying books 
you know, I buy a couple books, I read them, I want to buy more of them. All right, so, so you're saying you there's healthy... Saying. Yeah, you get used to it. You get used to where you're at. So there's healthy and there's healthy... So there's healthy and damaging addictions, you're saying? That's what I would say. Yeah, okay. I, I have, like, OCD. I, I'm, I'm obsessive about things. I'm compulsive about things. When I get, you know, as, as a pastor, uh, when I get interested in something, <laughs> I get interested in it. And I keep on buying more books on it. All right. No, uh, I understand. You're very OCD. well read. Yeah. Hey, don't be a stranger. Call again, and thank you for the call. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a, you know, a lot of things. We have a lot in common to talk about. All yeah. right, no, call I again. I gotta go. Okay. See ya. But he does bring up a good point. Right. So, a so lot of you people... can you can you can lose so many different things. It doesn't have to be a person in death. Yeah. It could be fame. It could be at your athletic ability. You could lose that in a second after you t- blow out your knee. Yeah. Ben lost his uh, blossoming career as a soccer player that he had ambitions to pursue in college. And that that was another huge loss that he had to deal with. And again, to me, every time you need help and you're in a desperate situation, open up the Bible. Because there's a verse that's tailor-made to you to get you back on your feet. feet. And that is the truth. We got another call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Hey, Robert. What's up? Hey, well, I think it's important for people to realize that uh, it's not just a genetic uh, reason that people go to drugs. If people look up the CIA and Michael Rupert, where Michael Rupert calls out the CIA and fun of the media and says how the CIA is pushing more drugs on the street than the gangs are, uh, you have this element that is out there deliberately trying to destroy, and they're using drugs to do it. Now, another thing that goes along with this is JFK had an association with Mary Pinchall Meyer, and drugs were being funneled to her or pushed by her to the politicians and that was coming from Timothy O'Leary and your colleagues, uh, liberals, that were pushing LSD to infiltrate our government by using LSD on our politicians and to get them hooked on them. And, and in our society, and this is well documented, I, that's why I said in the beginning, governments definitely push this drug addiction to cripple society. To make them more right. slave-like, where they don't have the wherewithal to question. Right. It's to cripple and to destroy. So if you can get to the young uh, kids and you can get to the politicians, you can control that country. I agree. Um, I, I agree 100%. Thanks for the call. You bet. And we got Rhonda Miller with us today. She uh, put together this... Uh, organization called Oasis Community Center. It's a recovery center for survivors of drug-addicted deaths. If, if, if you're a survivor and you, you have a loved one who died, a friend, family member, uh, a spouse, this is the place to go to get help. And you could very simply do that by calling their number at 484-747-6825. The best way to spread the love to family and friends and to support Don't Bring Up God is to go to pavlinskypoems.com. We have the most beautiful 8x10 frameable cards available for mom, dad, son, daughter, sister, friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, or spouse. Perfect for birthdays, anniversaries, any special occasion, or just because. You can get the 8x10 frameable cards separately or on plaques. Whatever you decide. So go to pavlinskypoems.com. That's P-A-V-L-I-N-S-K-Y-P-O-E-M-S dot com. Thank you. Hi, this is Don't Bring Up God. My name is Robert. I'm here with Rhonda Miller. And we're talking about the reasons people start to do drugs. I went through a bunch on the list. Let me just mention the last couple. Uh, They say life's pressures and expectations that... Maybe their parents or society puts on them. They take drugs to cover up the lies and guilt. The lifestyle that they're leading sometimes 
it, it feeds on itself, where actually the problem becomes the solution. It revolves in circle, and it feeds on itself. Also, what Rhonda was talking about, low self-esteem, peer pressure, can't say no, want to fit in. More reasons to do drugs in the minds of of young people that are misinformed on how to deal with problems. Yeah, yeah, peer pressure is a big thing and just wanting to fit in. Well, that's the last place you want to fit in. So let's talk about your recovery center, uh, your Oasis Community Center. It's uh, in Bethlehem on the corner of... Route 22 and Center Street. It provides uh, education, support, comfort, and healing to people who have experienced substance-related loss. Now, talk specifically on what's available. Yeah, so when we opened our center four years ago, we put in place a, a variety of different support groups and professionally facilitated groups for people who lost a loved one. We have grief support as well as we support families and friends who have loved ones in active addiction. Everything is free. Um, go to our website at... What did you just say? Everything is free. So, so, we so have you don't free have to counseling. worry about payment and insurance. Everything at Oasis Community Center is free. That's huge. Yeah, and um, you know, I just encourage folks to check out our website, oasisbethlehem.org, to really see all the different programming we offer now, the Oasis Community Center offers many avenues of recovery and health. I saw something about a six-week course dealing with trauma-informed mindfulness for everybody. Explain that. Yeah, so we have trauma, you know, trauma-informed approach is a philosophy that we use. We recognize that families have experienced immense trauma. And so we have programming in place to address that, including um, Bible-based trauma recovery groups. Uh, we have a trauma-informed mindfulness program to help folks learn to just calm themselves using prayer and meditation on God's Word. Bible-based. I always like to hear that. Yeah. I mean, our you know, we have a whole myriad. We do not turn anybody away, so our setting is very inclusive and loving and supportive. Now, you also have things like restorative yoga. Yeah, we have um, a certified yoga instructor on staff, and she offers a yoga class using uh, chairs, so it's very easy on the joints. And um, we also are situated right on the Monocacy Creek. We created trails, so we have walks. We get out in nature. We recognize that there's many different pathways to heal. Definitely. And nature, that's all about God. Nature yeah, reflects God. Being in nature, connecting with God, prayer, um, you know, s groups, you know, being in a place where you can openly talk about what you've experienced without shame and stigma is very important. And you even have gardening? We, yeah, we have a community garden. The gardening is, again, getting back to nature, getting your hands dirty. And um, we try and really provide programming that touches many different people. So we, we're in a farmhouse. We have a beautiful kitchen, and we run cooking classes. A renovated farmhouse. It don't look like no farmhouse to me. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It is. It's beautifully renovated, 220 years old. What's this serenity room all about? That's my favorite space in the building. It's a room that just, when you walk into it, you just feel God's presence. Um, it's very peaceful. We have a fountain that's very soothing sounds. We have essential oils, so it, it's very fragrant. Um, relaxing chair. We have devotionals, uh, books. People can read. They can meditate and pray. It's just a, a very calming place to come and sit and be by yourself and get centered. And again, this is all free. You Everything really, is free. You really need to take advantage of this. That phone number again for Oasis Community Center is 484 747 six eight two five and Rhonda it sounds like you have so many different various ways of education uh, and support and and counseling available for people that have to deal with grief I, mean, I am constantly thinking up new new ways that can meet people's needs I mean not everybody wants to come sit in a group I understand that so we do arts and crafts we have music we have social 
social times. We have dinners and lunches and potlucks and all kinds of different modalities to help connect people. Because what happens when you have a loved one with addiction issues or if you lost your loved one, we tend to isolate and they're disconnected. I mean, the whole family becomes disconnected. That's a huge word also. Disconnected, isolated, withdrawn, feeling rejected, are rejected. So we provide a really safe, supportive space for everyone. And there are workshops available to help along with the health and happiness. Yeah, we have all kinds of workshops from educational, like really educating people on giving them tools Communication is huge. We have to learn new ways to communicate with our loved ones when they have addiction issues. It will turn the family upside down. So this isn't just for people who lost people uh, ODing and dying. This is for anybody still going through this kind of thing, right? Anybody who is impacted by another one's substance use, whether that person is still living in their substance use or they're in recovery but there's a lot of fallout to deal with or like mine if you've lost your loved one and you also have specialized annual events throughout the year you have like six different ones or oh something like yes that? yes um well because i came from a place of losing my son i have a, a special heart for those like your family and mine who lost their loved ones so july that we're still in is bereaved Parents Awareness Month. So we had we just recently had a luncheon uh, from ashes to joy to help families recover. We have a serenity retreat for women who lost a loved one to substances in May. We have a butterfly release coming up on September 9th. And we have a candlelight vigil, a beautiful service in December. And people who have lost loved ones think things can never get better, that they can never smile again. That's just not true. No, and we have to find a new way to live. We have to find new meaning, new purpose, and for many of us, we develop, we develop something new. It, some people, it's you know, getting out and being committed to their health and walking every day or starting a program like yours. So you turn this horrible negative force into a godly positive force, like you done with the center. Yes. And, and, and it's a way not to let your son die in vain. Yes, we initially started by opening our nonprofit, which is a 501c3 called Speak Up for Ben. Speak Up, meaning speak up, don't just sit there in silence. Uh, we, we discovered the name Ben forms the acronym, break the silence, end the stigma, never forget. It's our nonprofit, Speak Up for Ben, that operates the Oasis Community Center, and we do a lot of community events and educational programs in the Lehigh Valley. And we all, as parents, need to remember to love our child because of who they are and not necessarily what they do. They're beautiful people that are you know, hurting and suffering. And many of these beautiful faces from the Lehigh Valley that lost their lives to drugs, you'll see on banners at the Steel Stacks campus of ArtsQuest. There's banners that will be uh, hung all through the month of September which is National Recovery Month, to send a message, break the stigma, and remember. How do you deal with the guilt of parents? Because parents are going to feel guilty. Whether they were the best parents or the worst parents, the guilt can literally kill you. Guilt is a huge part of the grief experience, and it's not limited to families who lose a loved one to drugs. Uh, families who lose a, a, an elderly parent in a nursing home struggle with guilt. Did they make the right decision? Did they put them in the right nursing home, the right medication? They weren't fed the right food. That is part of the grief experience, and there's a process, and we offer that support through our grief groups. And let's always remember that God removes our sin and guilt. It's both. So again, solutions in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody knows by now I lost my son. My daughter said something uh, that I thought was poignant. Uh, she said when she sees Tyler again in heaven, she's going to hug him and never let go. Mm. Right after she punches him in the face <laughs> for doing what he did. Yeah, yeah siblings, they carry a lot of anger too. And I told her, I said, you know what, when you get to heaven... Tyler will hug you and never let go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a mutual thing. It will be beautiful. And we will be there without our sins. So 
the faith that we'll see our loved ones again, yeah. at least to me, is gigantic. And this is the hope we have. We know that we will see our loved ones together again. We will reunite together when we're in heaven. So, Rhonda, we're running out of time. Doesn't time go so fast? <laughs> it just zips right on by. Uh, I want to thank you, Rhonda Miller, who runs the Oasis Community Center. We've talked about it all hour. Uh, the phone number, if you want to get involved in that and help yourself or maybe help somebody else, recommend it to somebody. It's in Bethlehem. It's very easy to get to. Very nice people that work there, as you can tell with Rhonda. Just give a call at 484-747-6825. Any closing comments, Rhonda? Yeah, I just invite you to come visit. You don't need to have somebody struggling with addiction. You are welcome. We have a lot of supporters that come to our center. I would love to give you a tour. Um, please just come. Give us a call if you'd like to come. Make an appointment. And our website is oasisbethlehem.org. And, it all, and it's all about love. Yes. Spreading the love and helping your fellow man. Amen. Or woman. Thanks again, Rhonda. Thank you, Robert, for this opportunity. All roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again. W-A-E-B, Allentown. Listen on your free iHeartRadio app for all your music, radio, and podcasts.